New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Jets are on a bye. Um, you know, what's, you know, what, you know, when peacocks kind of like they do their, you're down there in, in South Florida now. I'm sure mm-hmm. you see a lot of peacocks. I don't see peacocks up here in the Northeast <laughs> anywhere. I, when I was a kid, they used to chase me around the neighborhood. I was always so scared. They're mean. They're mean little boogers. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, Jets walking around with it, you know, with those feathers out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, baby. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Yep. I mean, they deserve this is it. The Jets team, they're six and three. Uh, who would have thought coming off a really impressive win against the Buffalo Bills 2017, two interceptions against Josh Allen. Uh, Zach Wilson did just enough uh, to not get this team in any harm, 150 yards, uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, scoring a touchdown as well. So first things first, right? Let's, let's, I'm curious to get your thoughts. I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, I'll use the word shocked. How shocked are you that the Jets are sitting here at 6-3, and three, Kiwi? I'm very shocked. I mean, given the way that the season went last year and everything that's happened before then, I mean, they're in a very good spot. And and so to for me to sit here and say like, oh, yeah, I saw this coming, that'd be complete fabrication. So, um, you know, I'm impressed and, uh, you know, wish them all the best. Yeah. So in, 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 in looking at what has worked for them, you know, obviously, again, and I, I say this each and every week, and even though, again, uh, Zach Wilson was uh, managed the ball game fine. I still have some reservations uh, about him and, and, you know, what type of quarterback can he be in this league? And, and can he, is he a quarterback that can help a team uh, get to the playoffs and, and win a Super Bowl? But dude, this defense is sick. Yep, absolutely. And and that's that's the thing. Like we've seen in the league time and time again, you can win championships with a defense as long as your quarterback can manage the game. And you kept bringing up, you know, managing the game. He's a game manager at this point. He's got a lot of maturing to do if he's going to get into that 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 other tier where he can lead a team and he can be the reason why they win. But for right now, just just being the reason just not being the reason why they lose is good enough because this defense is playing that well. So what are you like, you know, you know, granted, right? This is a defense. They have one turnover, a minimum of one tur- turnover each game mm-hmm. so far this season. Quinn Williams has been absolutely spectacular. DJ Reed, a nice surprise there. In, in watching this Jets team play defensively, Robert Sala obviously has his hands all over this defense. Uh, what what is, you know, g- give us the things that, that are making this defense click. Like what what are they doing right, Kiwi? opportunistic um so obviously everybody seems to know and understand what the responsibility is you do have studs at every level so you have up front you have the uh, linebacker position and you have you know people in the back end that you can depend on but there's there's a um you know i always go back to to spags there's a, a concept he used to use called arrows through snow meaning when you go to make a tackle you fly to the ball with the expectation that you're the you're the one who's going to make the tackle and everybody else is going to you know support you if you don't as opposed to when you you see some teams and they're, they're just kind of like trying to corral the ball. Or they're not sure if they're going to if somebody else is going to be there. There's confidence in this defense that allows them just to, to play free. And when you have that, you know, I've been on some teams where we had that. It, it, it takes you to that other level, you know, and, and it allows you to to play free. Last week, I think we were talking and I was, you were asking me about how, um, you know, what are what are the DBs asking up front? You know, they just they just want time. You know, they, they want you to be able to rush and with force so that they don't have to be involved in the blue schemes or you know in in run stopping and whatnot and they're finding ways to do that uh, it's it, they're really really a lot fun a, a lot of fun to watch 
Mm-hmm. And you mentioned, you know, and, and this Jets team, and we're going to get into so, so what's what's out there. What are the futures bets are out there right now for the Jets? We'll take, I do want to take some time this segment as well and, and, and talk about what's going on in the AFC East. But I was in Baltimore for four years and mm-hmm. Kyler, Kyle Bowler, uh, a.k.a. Jesus and Cleats, that was his nickname <laughs> coming over from Cal. Um, he was the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens and um, uh, Brian Billick was was the mm-hmm. head coach. And Rex, Rex, Sexy Rexy, uh, he was he was the defensive coordinator. Uh, Brian would pop into the defensive room with Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and and Tony Siracusa, God bless, and all those guys. And he'd say, "Listen, uh, Kyle isn't going to put up more than ten points mm-hmm. tomorrow. So mm-hmm. uh, we, you know, so that's what that's what you guys are working with. Mm-hmm. That's like like we can only give you we can only you could only give them a touchdown." Yep. You you let them score more than ten points, we're losing, mm-hmm. and um and they won. They I mean the Ravens won games like that. Yeah. So it's just kind of like this team. And and listen, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I'm not sitting here that this Jets defense. I'm comparing them to you know arguably the Ravens, one of the best defenses in the history of the NFL with Ed Reed and, and Ray Lewis and those guys. But it, but it just it kind of reminds it kind of reminds me of that right like yeah. an offense that's not putting a lot of points on the board but winning games because of an opportunistic defense. You can't do that with every single defense. If you do that with a defense that either doesn't have the personnel or that lacks confidence, what you're going to end up with is people with their heads down and and blaming and this and that. Like, why can't they give us at least 17 or this and all these different things? But when you have a a real, legit, confident defense, a defense that knows, hey, listen, like we still have a chance no matter what goes on over there, they, they wear it as like almost like a badge of honor. Like you go into the game and you're like, hey, it doesn't matter what they do. We're not we're not relying on them to win the game. We're going to go out there. We're going to try to pitch a shutout as 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 keep the shutout as long as we possibly can and give our offense a chance. That's a whole different scenario. You talked about some of the greats that they had on on that team, and you know those those that's the kind of mentality that it takes. So although you're not comparing them to it, I think. You know, there's something similar happening with the Jets where they can walk into that defensive meeting room and say, hey, guys, <laughs> we need you this week. OK, we're not going to get you much, but we're, we're going to need your, the best out of you. We understand and they can be honest with them. We understand that we're not putting you in a great situation, but we still got to win this game. Can you go out there and do it? And they seem to be answering the call. So on the offensive side of the ball, it, I'm interested to see what happens with Elijah Moore moving forward. Of course, you know, disgruntled uh, in the first half of the season, and understandably so, not getting the football. I'm, I'm also interested to see what happens with James Robinson, right? That one-two punch in the backfield with Michael Carter. So I'm excited to see the growth and the development with James Robinson because he had a lot of success with Jacksonville Jaguars. Can he find that success here in New York with the Jets? That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, next up, coming out of their bye, they're in New England. Of course, they lost in New England 22-17. to Zach had three interceptions that game. Obviously, that needs to change. Then they're playing the Bears. They're at Minnesota against the Vikings, at the Bills, Detroit Jags at home, at Seattle, and at the Miami Dolphins. Okay? Not, so not with that being schedule. said, it's it's not an easy schedule, but it's, it's not a gauntlet either. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at this Jets team that very well possibly – could win nine or 10 games <clears throat> based on, on, on that schedule. And, and just to kind of share with you um, teams that uh, right, right now where the jets are at six and three, uh-huh. they have a 73.2% chance of making it to the postseason. Uh-huh. 73.2. And you could still wager that they will make it to the postseason at even money. They're the only team in the NFL 
that has a 65% or higher probability of making it to the postseason that has a even money. Every, every, everyone else is like, so for, like, for example, like the, the, the giants are minus 210, right? Like you're laying $210 to win a hundred dollars there. So, I mean, if you believe in the jets and you believe, and I just shared with you what the schedule is that they can win nine or 10 games. Does that do it for them in the AFC? It's a very competitive AFC. I believe it will. And that's at even money. I would jump on that right now. Um, also, you could wager that the Jets win the division at 18 to 1. 18 to 1 right now, the Jets win the division. And let's dive into that division, right? You've got the Buffalo Bills. They're sitting at 6 and 2. So uh, with this Buffalo Bills team, and, you know, we don't know. We don't, like, we don't know how long he's going to be out. We don't know how many games Case Keenum. We don't know if this injury is going to linger. So there's that. Miami and Tua, their offense, again, another surprise uh, in regard to how well they're playing this season. They're six and three. And of, of course, New England is sitting at five and four. I guess my question to you, Kiwi, is do you feel that this Jets team can win this division? Absolutely. There, there's no reason not to. I mean, um, you know, given the stats you just you just mentioned, if you're a Jets fan, I think this is a great time to be betting on the Jets. I mean, there's one win that div- divides the the top from the bottom of this division. Um the Bills are in trouble. You know, even if um, Josh Allen comes back, he's going to have some lingering issues down the road, down the line somewhere. Um, the Dolphins, I believe, are the, the the team that we need to focus on. You know, I don't believe in the Patriots, but right now, the way that this division is, it's it's this is not the, the NFC North. Like this, this division is up for grabs right now. And and you've got a Miami Dolphins team. They're getting ready to take on the uh, the Cleveland Browns uh, this week. Um, and, uh, and of course the Buffalo Bills going up against the Minnesota Vikings. So we'll see how that all plays out. Last but not least, uh, before we take a break, NFL defensive rookie of the year, sauce Gardner, um, is, uh, is, is in the lead right now. He's just, he's been absolutely spectacular as well. Your thoughts on Gardner and his play this season. Um, amazing for, for a young man to come in and to understand the game and understand, um, you know, what the the transition and to play at this high of a level. I think it's great. It's great for the Jets. It's great for him as an individual and for, for New York in general. We keep saying it. This is a great time to be a New York sports fan. That's for sure. And and I just want to give you the, I want to give you this, the, 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 uh, the odds here in regard to, uh, so defensive player of the year uh, is, uh, is Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons yep. Yeah. Yeah. So defensive rookie of the year, sauce Gardner, uh, he leads all players with 13 passes defended. If you think that he's going to win it, you could you could get that right now at minus 110. So what does that mean? You're laying $110 to win $100 that Sauce Gardner does win. So uh, Hutchinson, who was the number one overall pick, uh, he leads rookies with four and a half sacks and nine quarterback hits. He's 10 to one. And so... Uh, but but for me and, and and I'm sure for you as well, like I, I think Sauce Gardner is, is more deserving also, than anyone. I also think playing corner in the NFL is one of the hardest positions to play. I don't think people understand the amount of athletic ability, uh, physical strength, and speed that it takes to actually be out there on an island and to just be competitive. So to be you know this far ahead of the ahead of the class at this younger age, I mean it's 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 amazing. I've, I've played with some great ones, but to to watch it in action has been fun. And last but not least, it's just it's a shame what happened with Brees Hall because I, I truly believe the season that he was having before he got injured, uh, chances, in my opinion, would have been that uh, he would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year if, if those statistics and his play would have continued. Right now, 
Olave, wide receiver for the uh, the New Orleans Saints, is leading leading the pack right now in regard to uh, offensive rookies of the year. Anyway, um, this uh, this concludes our discussion with the Jets. Uh, exciting second half of the season, I'm sure for Jets fans as well. I'm Anita Marks. He's Matthias Kiwanuka. You're listening to New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Anita's three <laughs> locks of the week. There we go. Um, I was I was all into the music though. Uh, great great <laughs> song selection there. Um, <laughs> It is time for my locks of the week again. Two and one last week. Where does that put us? Twenty-two and five on the season. Somebody pinch me. Presence of greatness, man. I, and and each and every week I say it. I'm like, uh oh, one of these weeks, it's 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 uh, you know the 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 floor is going to fall out beneath me, and uh, and it hasn't happened yet. So, um, uh, let's let's keep it rolling, dude. Let's keep it rolling. It. Uh, really quick, um, the nine thirty-five. Tampa Bay Seattle Seahawks game is about to kick off again what are my plays here um I do like Seattle getting the points the plus two and a half I'm also going to use Seattle as a two-team six-point teaser uh and I'll line that up with uh I love the Pittsburgh Steelers today by the way and uh oh look at that the line has already changed they're no longer a home dog Will you look at that will you look at that unbelievable so um so I'm going, to use, I'm going to utilize the Seattle Seahawks as a two-team six-point teaser, so I'll tease them up to plus eight and a half. Uh, I'll, maybe I'll line that with the Giants under, and I'll tease the Giants under up to 47 and a half. I also like the Jacksonville Jaguars to cover today, so you can add that six points to the Jacksonville Jaguars getting nine and bring them up to plus 15. See what I'm doing there? Um, also, uh, the play here for me is the over. I think a lot of points are going to be scored in this Seattle Bucks game. I like the over a lot. And as I said earlier, um, Tom Brady ha- are th- is 30 passes away from breaking Aaron Rodgers' record for the most passes without an interception. Hmm. So, um, and, and I believe that he does break that today. And you could wager that Aaron, that the Tom Brady is not going to throw an interception today at minus 150. So you're laying $150 down to win $100. So that's how I'm playing this game. And again, it kicks off in 10 minutes. So it gives you time uh, to get on whatever device you use 
and get those those wagers in. But uh, but as for our locks of the week, and Kiwi, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with my best play. Okay, this is my yeah. best play. And it's the Steelers. Now, this is this is crazy because this opened up at um, at two and a half. And then it went down to one and a half. It went down to one. And now the Steelers are favored. Unbelievable. So uh, I'm going to play them on the money line. So what is that? It's minus 115. Um, so you're laying $150 down to $100. And here's all the reasons why. Uh, a few things. Number one, home dogs went six and one last week. If you did get the Atlanta Falcons at plus three or plus three and a half, you either tied or you won and, and could have gone 7-0. and But still, Carolina won this, this past Thursday. Home dogs are winning at 57% this season. This, is my, this was my favorite home dog uh, prior, of course, to this line changing just a few minutes ago. For a number of reasons, the Steelers have 13 days since their last game to prepare and get ready for this game. Meanwhile, the Saints coming off a very physical game against the Ravens. Short work week, because don't forget they played on Monday Night Football. And also, they've got a plethora of injuries they're dealing with. Two specific ones on the offensive line. Two offensive line starters are out. And oh, by the way, TJ Watt is back in action today. Mm. His only game that he played this season, five tackles, two sacks, an interception, and now... This is a Saints offensive line. They weren't great to begin with, 21st in pass pro. Now you're losing two starters, and you're going up against T.J. Watt. Again, the, the first game of the season that T.J. Watt played in, the Steelers walked away with seven sacks, seven total sacks in that game. You could wager that T.J. Watt gets a sack today. It's minus 190, by the way, just a side note. A little bit too much juice. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you're rolling in money. I would definitely lay it. I think T.J. Watt gets a sack today as well uh, against uh, Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, it's not like, you know, he can, uh, what does he run, like a 5-4-2 now, something like that. Um, so, and, and, by, and by the way, Mike Tomlin is 13-4 and four straight up as a home dog. And week five on in his career, he's 88% against the spread as a home dog in his career. So, uh, I mean, to me, the Steelers check all the boxes. This is, this is probably my favorite play today. What's, what say you, Kiwi? I'm with you. I've probably never been more with you on a, on a call um, in, in history. Just a lot of those things, I mean, start with, you know, one team having played on Monday night, another team having a significant rest. There's, there's a lot of reasons that you pointed out. But um, then you had T.J. Watt. Yep, I'm with you on this one. Okay, so, uh, so 1-0 there. Uh, my, my second lock of the week is the Jags in the Kansas City over. And right now, where is that sitting? That is sitting at 51. It's one of the highest over-under totals. Uh, and I'm going to take the over for a number of reasons. Number one, Kansas City, number one scoring offense in the NFL. Uh, they're scoring 30 points a game. The Jacksonville Jaguars are scoring more than 20 points a game. That's their average. These are two top offenses that have the most red zone um, opportunities. So they are able to move the ball at will. It's just capitalizing when they get in the red zone and putting up the seven as opposed to the three. Um, also, their defenses rank 22nd and 23 in the NFL. All four Jags road games, the over hit. And here's a big one for you as well. Brad Rogers, it's his officiating crew. Second most defensive pass interference calls, which average about 18 yards per, per, per penalty. Second most roughing the passer calls in the NFL. Mm. Overs are 34-17 and 17 in his games. 
34 and 17, Kiwi. That's 67% with the Brad Rogers officiating crew. So again, Jags, Kansas City, over 51. Thoughts? Yeah, I'll go with you on this one. But those are frustrating games to play in. You know, when they warn you as a defensive player, hey, listen, they're going to call this, they're going to call this. It's, it's really tough to adjust your style of play, you know, on the go, you know, and, and you know, when you come out of the game and you have a rough in the passer call and it costs your team and this and that, it's like you were warned, but it's, it's difficult to adjust your game. So I'll go with you on this one. Um, and, uh, and last but not least, my third lock of the week um, in that's the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going under here. I like the under in this game. And where is it at right now? The under is at 44 and a half. Uh, and here's all the reasons why. Um, listen, Aaron Rodgers at home. Like, I, I know their backs are to the wall. You, you, you look at Dallas on, on paper and, um, and, and obviously they're the better team coming off of a bye we know how good that defense is. Um, I do believe that uh, the, the Green Bay Packers are going to rely a lot because they have so many injuries on their wide receiving core. I think they're going to rely a lot on A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones today in that rushing attack. Um, temperatures are going to be in the 30s, something that the Dallas team is, uh, is, is, not, is, is not prepared for. Uh, wind, wind conditions as well. This is a Green Bay Packers defense, by the way, that held the Lions to under 255 total yards last week. So, um, so you know, I, I just think I think defense is going to be key here, and I think so. I think Dallas is going to ha- have a hard time putting a lot of points on the board, and, and I think obviously the Packers, as they have uh, all season long, are going to have a hard time putting points on the board. So Packers, Dallas, under 44 and a half. Thoughts? Mm. That's a, that's a tough one. That, I think that that'll be the one where I don't I don't go with you. I think they're gonna both both of these teams will find ways to put up points on the board. Forty four seems low to me for this game. Okay. Um. Any 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 game out there that you like that you have your eye on that uh, that that you might dabble in today? Um. No, I mean I'm I'm still just looking at NFC East. We got the Eagles and the Commanders on on Monday night. Um, I'm really interested just to see how the Eagles are going to fare through the second half of the season and, and what's going to go on there. The one you, you talked about, Kansas City and Jacksonville, um, you know, that, that's another one that could have a lot of implications like moving forward. Like how, how are the Chiefs looking? I'm looking at teams that are, you know, poised to go deep into the playoffs mm-hmm. at this point in the year. You know, what kind of performances are they going to give dolphins cleveland you know it might not be the the big game but i want to see what the what the dolphins what they what they bring to the table um some of some other uh plays that i like today just giving you a little extra extra um i like cleveland miami over at 49 and a half i think a lot of points are going to be put up in that game um i do like denver in tennessee i like denver uh getting the points at plus two and a half um, and uh, I'm staying away from that Buffalo Bills Minnesota Vikings game. Um, I, I just I just saw on Daily Wager. Not only is Adam Schefter reporting that Josh Allen is going to be active, but Adam Schefter is reporting that he's going to start, which is news to me. So I just I, dangerous. I just I'm I, yeah. So I'm staying away from that Buffalo Minnesota Vikings game. And by the way, for all you fantasy football freaks out there like me, I still wouldn't play uh, Josh Allen because y- you never know he could re-injure it in the game and he's done. So I would look elsewhere for um, a starting fantasy football quarterback, by the way. The Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears, I like the over in that game at 48 and a half. 
just love the way that Justin Fields and this Bears offense has been playing. And I think this very well could be the week that uh, Claypool uh, finds the end zone and, and helps them offensively. Um, I think that is it in regard to plays, um, but I also have a little something special for you. Now check this out. Ready? You know me, I'm all about prop bets, right? Not only do I, I love to obviously wager on games, but I probably even enjoy more prop bets in the NFL. And I put together a prop bet parlay for this week. You ready? Yeah, ready. So Saquon Barkley over 119 and a half rushing and receiving yards total altogether, yeah, going good. over that against the Texans. And we've been talking about what a field day he's going to have against the Texans today anyway. So we don't have to elaborate there. Christian McCaffrey, over 120 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Listen, game one, Kiwi, we weren't sure. We were like, oh, you know, maybe he's just going to, you know, dip his toe in the water. Maybe he's just going to like, you know, have a few. No, dude went, dude balled out, right? Like nine targets was unbelievable. And and also a really favorable matchup. The Chargers, one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL. Some more. Hold on one second. I have to take a sip. I'm about to cough. <coughs> Very sorry. All right. Tied in for the Denver Broncos. Greg Dolstich, over 43 and a half receiving yards. He has become Russell Wilson's favorite target. And he's put up over 43, 44 receiving yards in three straight games. Over two and a half receptions for Cole Komet. He's getting targeted. Again, the Chicago Bears offense is really coming around. And, um, and he scored two touchdowns last week. Donovan Peoples-Jones, over 46 and a half receiving yards. Uh, Njoku is out. Again, <clears throat> I think there's going to be a lot of uh, passing that's going to take place in that Cleveland-Miami game. And I like DPJ to go over 46 and a half receiving yards. TJ Watt getting one sack. Over 40 and a half receiving yards for Mac Hollins, wide receiver for the Oakland, Raider, Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, because both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller are, are on IR. And so he's going to get a real, a nice, hefty target share. And last but not least, Kyron Williams is going to be the starting running back for the Rams today. I got him any time touchdown. Now, I'm going to play all of these individually, but I'm also going to put them in a parlay. And if you do that, you could, play, you could, you could place a $5 parlay prop bet with with all these that I just shared with you and win $3,312.34. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Out of of all these, out of all these, I mean, listen, I do a deep dive. I do a deep dive in regard to prop bets. These are my favorite prop bets. Okay. These are my top favorite prop bets heading into today. So with that being said, What's the favorite prop that I just I just listed for you that you're like, I mean, the, oh yeah, I need Dundee. The logical ones are the running back, so McCaffrey and Saquon. But when you get into, um, you know, who a quarterback's you know new favorite uh, target is, those are those are the that's the deep dive. That's why people tune in to to listen to you. We can all pick we can all pick the the obvious ones, but I, I appreciate the the detail that you went into. But um, I mean, I think Saquon is 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 the, the first one that came up, so that's the easiest one. Again, $5 to win over $3,000 with, uh, with, with that list of prop bets that you can parlay. 
Okay. And I'm going to play all of them individually. So good luck with that. Just to recap again, locks of the week. My favorite is the Steelers. Um, they were a dog. Now they're favored by one. Play them on the money line against the Saints. Jags, Kansas City over 51 and the Packers and the Dallas Cowboys under 44 and a half. Good luck this week. Quick break. We come back. Jordan Renan will join us. We'll do a deep dive into the Giants. Uh, find out, you know, what he knows. Uh, this Giants team coming off of a bye. We'll find out the latest as well. Kiwi, I'm sure you're going to ask him about the contracts for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. And, um, and of course, coming your way at 10 o'clock, uh, Mike Tannenbaum joins the program. So still a lot more coming your way. It is New York Game Day here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. And joining us now to talk about the New York Giants is ESPN's beat reporter for the Giants, Jordan Renan. Jordan, how are you doing? Kiwi, what's going on? Doing good. Refreshed. You know, Refreshed, right? Back. Yeah, yeah, I'm fresh. Me and Saquon, both fresh, feeling better. <laughs> yeah, we, we talked earlier, uh, Anita and I talked earlier about, about um, the bye week and, and what that means and, and how that sets you up. My take is that, you know, from a player's perspective, physically it's a chance to get back and get healthy, and then coaching-wise it's a chance for them to mentally get some, some clarity. Tell me, what have you seen um, yeah. this week in terms of preparation? Is that accurate, or, or do you believe differently? Yeah, I think it's a it's a chance for the coaches to do a lot of like self evaluation, right? That's mm-hmm. what they do in the in the in their like the in the bye week. They go into the bye bye week like last week, and they're spending time looking at themselves, looking at their own team. Okay, where could we improve? What has worked for us? What do we, you know, how can we take this uh, offense or defense kind of like to the next level? And I think that's kind of what you're probably going to see here, and you're, you're going to see a, a condensing of. Uh, you know what they they think that this team is now, right? They they feel like they have a real feel of uh, the talent and you know that they have at their disposal. And I think you know it's also an opportunity. You're going to see. I mean, Dame Dalton's going to start at safety and a rookie, and Micah McFadden's going to come in and play even more, probably start at inside linebacker. Um, it's an opportunity to you know make some little tweaks and changes. Now, granted, they would have preferred not to put Dame Dalton in because that means Xavier McKinney would be playing. Mm-hmm. But uh, still, it's still, when you have that extra week of preparation, it allows you to do things like that and really get yourself, you know, prepared and ready for, uh, you know, to, to make these little minor changes that you've seen. Yeah, you talked about Dame Dalton coming in for Xavier McKinney. Talk to me about that injury and, and what the expectations are, if you've heard anything long-term yet. Yeah, uh, I think it's sort of to be determined. We'll have to see. But, I mean, you have to – look. A lot of times when you get in these kind of situations, actions speak louder than words, right? So mm-hmm. let's think about what really happened here. There was an accident. Mm-hmm. He, he, he said he broke some fingers, so he need, but he needed surgery, okay? Mm-hmm. So he needed surgery on his fingers. He's wearing a huge cast. He can't just cast it up and play. You know, this isn't just like, you know, you, you, you break your finger playing basketball kind of deal, obviously, right? Yep. That, that's, what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what the actions say. And he wasn't able to pinpoint if he would definitely be back this year. So you have to wonder, okay, how badly did he mangle his finger? You know, how bad, exactly. how bad was that? And how long is it going to take before he can get on the field? So I'm not over – and they had to put him on injured reserve, right? Again, mm-hmm. actions speak louder than words. That means minimum four games out. Like if they thought there was any chance Xavier McKinney could be back before then, he wouldn't be on injured reserve. He's their starting safety. He's their defensive play caller. He's a team captain. So you, you have to wonder, um, 
when or if he's going to be back this season. Yeah, I mean, the, the physical part is obviously a big deal, but something you just touched on, like he's the, the signal caller. Talk to me about what mm-hmm. changes are going to need to be made, you know, from the sideline, getting the calls in. Like, how is that defense going to be orchestrated differently? Who's going to be making yeah. the calls, and do you have an expectation of any drop-off? Yeah, I don't think it should be a huge drop-off because Julian Love is a guy who was already starting. He was already playing a huge role. Uh, he's a bright guy. Everybody fully respects him, and he's kind of – in a similar role to Xavier McKinney, that you know the way that the Giants, and I think most of the NFL is these days. Like if there's the 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 traditional strong and free safety is kind of gone, right? Like that that doesn't really exist so much anymore. You can't just play a strong safety, a guy who's basically another linebacker thumper in the box. You know, ninety five percent of the time, like they will exploit that in today's NFL. So. Uh, Julian Love kind of just steps into that role, and I, and I think he should be fine because, look, he's been practiced. This is something they practiced and they prepared for, and the fact that he's still healthy and he's around to do it, I think, makes it the transition. Shouldn't be too much. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be anything that is uh, really noticeable today. So I, I think they'll, they'll be able to get around that part of it for now at least. Do you think it's not going to be noticeable today because of who they're playing or just in general? you think that the Giants are set at signal call and we don't need to worry about it? Or is it because, hey, we're playing a team that we're heavily favored against, we have an opportunity yeah. to make mistakes and, and come away with a win? I think it's just because of who it is. Like I just feel like mm-hmm. Julian Love is a guy, and Wink Martindale came out and flat out said this. Like, he has no reservations. Like, he trusts Julian Love 100% that, this, that he can just step in and do it and because and because they were preparing, like he was the backup to them. Now it would be different if he was banged up too, right? And then you had a, you know, it was somebody who, okay, now we have to go to somebody who really, ha- who we really haven't prepared for, right? Who hasn't done it the last, uh, however many months they've they've been practicing, what six months or whatever. So I, I think the fact that it is that it's truly in love is more the fact that gives you, uh, makes you comfortable feeling that they'll they'll be able to get by on that part of it now. They do play the Texans this week, and you look at this game, and it's kind of funny. But, like, okay, what do the Texans do well? They run the ball. What do they not do well? They don't stop to run very well. What do the Giants do well? They run the ball. And what do they, and what do they not do well? Well, they don't, they don't stop to run very well. I, I, I think about this game, and I'm almost like, wow, how many passes are we actually going to see in this game, you know? Dude, high school just, football. They want to run the ball. Yeah, I feel like that's where we're at. So I, I think that also makes it a little bit easier. With Julie, for Julian Love in that regard, because it's a little easier to make run calls, I think, mm-hmm. and you could probably speak to this better than me, than to you know change coverages and do stuff on the fly on the back end. But that, also, he's a safety, so that's something that shouldn't be a huge problem for him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I played in some situations where we had um, some extremely competent backups. I think a name that comes to mind is Chase Blackburn, right? So uh, special teams right. captain. He was in Carolina with the special teams like for for a while now. Um, but uh, you're talking about like a, a backup who was – always as if not more prepared than the starter so when we had to go to chase making the calls there was never any expectation of any drop off so it sounds like you know there's something similar going on there all right let's switch gears yeah um, julian loves the same thing julian love is julian love is a special teams captain too but you know so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like similar but he just has, happens to be a starter as well here on the defense 
Yeah, I think people don't do understand how much goes into actually being a special teams captain and how many different um, looks you have to understand outside of the position that you play. So those guys are normally, you know, they're they're high they're high test score guys. You know, they're they're guys who can who right, can exactly. multitask and, and get a lot done. Player coaches on the field. Um, talk to me about you know the contract situation. So you know we talked earlier and you know Anita yeah. made sure that I brought it up. Um, the two names that come out. Obviously, Danny Dimes and, and Saquon Barkley, but you know, tell me about your take on the discussions that did or didn't take place, and then also if you have a chance to chime in on who else should be looking to get um, extended this year. Yeah, the, well, first of all, Joe Shane said, you know, he expected if they did a deal, it would be by uh, by Monday, past Monday, and so we didn't see any deals. So that was kind of the hint. Okay, they're going to kind of put everything on the black uh, the back burner now for the remainder of the season in regards to contract extensions. The one guy that did pop out that they did think might be a possibility beforehand was actually Julian Love, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, when Shane talked, he kind of made it seem like, okay, you know, there's, there's nine games left. Uh, it's a continual evaluation. And that was in regards to Saquon and Daniel Jones. Now, I did speak, speak to Saquon on Friday about this, and he told me, you know, there were some discussions. It doesn't sound like it was anything that got overly serious. I think it was a very uh, probably broad discussion. Uh, but what it does to me signify is that the Giants, because there's a, there's a lot of, there's a big debate that could be had about whether uh, you want to invest long-term or big money into a running back, right? I mean, look, look at around the league, even like uh, I think a lot of Cowboys uh, fans will tell you that they, they even the, you know, re-signing um, Ezekiel Elliott is something that they regret. I mean, you look at the Todd Gurley contract. It's just it's a it's a tough position to figure out what the real value is, right? And is it worth investing in long term? So, mm-hmm. but to me, this signifies that the Giants have an interest and do want to bring back Saquon Barkley. Now, granted, there's a value to this, right? There's a limit to how much they want to spend and and are willing to put in probably into the position. But I think the bigger thing is there that they are motivated in some way, shape, or form in getting it done moving forward. And uh, it's, it's strange because most teams, the face of the franchise is the quarterback, and Daniel Jones, I'll get to that in one second. For the Giants, it's Saquon Barkley right now. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you go to any event, trust me, the guy that everybody wants to see and talk mm-hmm. to, first and foremost, and the face that the Giants want to put out is Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Now, Daniel Jones, also another situation. Uh, they want to sit there and they want to see these last nine games. And I think that's important. Joe Shane kept saying, you know, there's nine games remaining. You know, let's see how they play out. Like both these guys, I think, still have to prove to the Giants that they could stay healthy, Kiwi. This is the key thing, right? Can they play a full 17-game season? It's been a long time since, first of all, Daniel Jones has never done it as a star in his career. And Saquon Barkley hasn't done it since his rookie year. So the situation with both of them changes greatly if – they get banged up the rest of this year, right? So mm-hmm. I think I think that's a huge, huge part of the equation here, especially with those two guys. Let's see them stay healthy. We have nine games remaining, maybe more, probably more. I mean, they're in really good shape for the playoffs. So let's see them stay healthy and perform over the remainder of the season, and then we can go from there. Yeah, I agree with you. They definitely need to stay healthy. They need to be able to, um, you know, come out of these next nine games 
uh, you know, clean and and still remaining strong. My, my question is, okay, so we, we cleared up the offensive line play, so I feel like Daniel Jones has a better opportunity at staying healthy this year than he has in the past. Uh, with Saquon also, yeah. you know, with the number of carries that, that, he's, that he's taking per game, like how sustainable is it? How much of the onus on yeah. him being healthy is on the yeah. organization? You know, like that's a, that's a large – like ask of of a, of a of any individual to take that kind of a pounding and then look at him and say, oh, but you couldn't stay healthy. So what could they do to well, help that, him out in that backfield? Yeah. Well, that, that, that's the thing is, you know, I, I said before, actions speak louder than words. Yeah, the Giants want to take one here long term, but they also haven't been shy about, you know, kind of, for lack of a better term, using them up, right? I mean, he's playing close to 90% of the running back snaps. They don't seem to be overly concerned about limiting him they want to right, go out there. We need you. We need you every play, basically. Uh, go out there, and, and you know, we, he's basically their offense, right? If without him, they would have a lot of problems. <laughs> they, they're already, you know, middle of the pack, bottom, bottom half of the league in offense. Without him, it, they would be in really bad shape. So uh, they don't seem too interested in limiting his touches in, uh, you know, g- giving him rest or making sure he's off the field uh, – they they want him out there and they they want him out there pretty much you know 90% of the time. I mean you saw even when you see Matt Breda like mixed in there, sometimes it's with Saquon Barkley on the field as well. Now the mm-hmm. one thing I will say where you have seen them sort of especially because he had this sh- he has a little shoulder injury. I know you've noticed a couple times he lands on that shoulder and he even said this is something he's going to have to manage when they're in straight passing downs and they know that they're running they're going to use their running back on that play. To block, you will see Saquon Barkley come out in place of Matt Breda at times. But I mean, you're talking about a handful of plays every game. But that that's that's their way of sort of okay. Let's try and keep him healthy as much as possible. Those few plays, if you watch closely, that last game, uh, who's that against Seattle? He came out on straight passing downs where they were going to use their running back as a pass protector. Interesting. Well, we're up against the clock, Jordan. As always, I appreciate your take. Thanks for being on the show. Hope you enjoy the game. Anytime, Kiwi. All right, yeah, you too. Enjoy. Speak soon. Thank you. That's the Big Blue Report brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop by London Jewelers. Pick or design the perfect engagement ring to fit your budget at any of their six area locations. All right, more New York game day coming up next here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.